it's time to watch your favorite TV program. Hit record on your VHS player. Tune in your NES and join Alan Price and Chris Fint with their views as we deploy Operation RetroShock. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 42 of Operation Retro Show. It's Christmas! Yes, it is Christmas. I am one of your hosts, Alan Price, and alongside me, the crazy idiot there that was screaming his head off, is Chris Vint. Christmas Vint. <sighs> he just he has to find something every single time to make a pun or some sort of link to the next segment, but we love him for it, really, don't we, everybody? Let's hope so. <laughs> Chris only wants to be loved. Yeah. So yes, everybody, welcome back to the main show to Operation Retroshock. It's been a little while since we've had a main show. Um, due to various many different circumstances, we've had two bouts of the cold from yeah, yourself. Pretty much. Um, shifts not matching up because it's crazy Christmas time. Many other different things. Um, luckily enough, we had quite a few things in the bag. We had a couple of reviews. Chris was very good and thanks to Silver Vision did a not one but two Wrestle Shocks on his own. Uh, Wrestle Shock reviews. Yes, we added another show. Um hopefully I'll be appearing on that soon enough. No, um, oh Chris wants it from stuff. That's fine, then stuff you. I'll <laughs> yes. go i I'll go start another show myself. Bye. <laughs> no, come back here, come back here, you okay. crazy fool. No, actually uh, I need to go somewhere because it's that time of year, isn't it? Oh, uh, not again. That Christmas comes and then uh, Alan joy. gets surprised or something, so I'll be back in a sec. <laughs> While he's out of the room, everybody, he doesn't realise I have a surprise plan for him. And that's just to fill you because I don't have it. Uh, <laughs> well, that's good because this year I had something backed up. Oh, that's all right. Well, I actually have it up here. <laughs> so, Merry Christmas, Alan. Oh, look at that. And look, it's dinosaurs. Because you dinosaurs? like Jurassic Park. It's Jurassic Park. Let's see. Uh, it's got a penguin sticker on it, everybody. Let's have a look. Oh, let's pose that out there. That sounded wrong. <laughs> Read it out. To you, Alan. Thanks for the great interview on Operation Retroshock Thundercats Ho Larry Kenny that's fantastic thank you very much so yes major kudos goes to uh, Larry Kenny for sending this um, <laughs> Larry was good enough and paid for the postage and everything the only thing I needed to get was a frame I'm not going to tell Alan that I got it from Pineland oops um, <laughs> but that's probably the best frame that I've ever got oh, so dear. last year obviously you got uh, Christopher Lloyd's mm -hmm. signature so this is a more personalised mm -hmm. one um, do, you know, do you know what the scary thing was? Was that you were going to... I was going to get... I was planning to do this for you. That's alright, because in here... Oh, dear, dear, dear. I'm glad I didn't, everybody. Because that could have that could have failed miserably. Wouldn't have failed. Well, it wouldn't have failed. It would have just been quite a hilarious moment. What's he got now? Let's see. He's pulling a sheet of paper out. Go on for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Very yeah. good. Very good. Well, 
So you know how hard that's been not to actually put this up on my wall? Yeah. Because it'd be the case of, yeah, I can't put that on my yeah. wall or anything. So, as I whispered to you while he was out of the room, everybody, I have something for him now. Because I know he always pulls this sort of shenanigans when we do the Christmas show, and I wasn't being left out From this now on, time. I'm going to do it in like October and really, really surprised. <laughs> really surprised. Really surprised. Halloween, Alan, I mean Christmas. Um, remember when the group of us were around at my house uh, last weekend? Yes. And I pulled Natalie out of the room. Yeah. It was to show her this item. This is. Now, mine isn't wrapped up or anything, I didn't prepare very well. This here. Um, Natalie was absolutely flabbergasted by. Just let me make sure what way that's pointing. You have to open it that way, okay? Okay. Well, actually, no, open it that way there. So pull it out like that. Um, so, three, two, one, go. <gasps> oh, dear Lord. It's a Hulk Hogan signed photo with a certificate of authenticity. This certificate certifies this is an authentic photograph and can be returned at any time for the life of this autograph. So I now have, he has Larry Kenny and I have Hulk Hogan. There, which one is better? There's only one way to find out. That is awesome. Thank you so much. Not a problem. I need to get a frame for, I need to get two frames now. <laughs> That is awesome. And after you send me the other day about Velvet Sky's one, and I went, if I could have a Hulk Hogan one. That's why I put yeah, that. So that's just. Because awesome. I had it already, and I was just pulling just pulling the strings to try and find out extra information. That is awesome. Thank you so much. Not a problem. <laughs> Between the present I got yesterday and now this, uh, Christmas is awesome. Uh, a major kudos goes to Mike Lacey, who uh, was kind enough. He has sent something for Alan, but unfortunately it hasn't arrived oh. to Mike. Um, <laughs> and sent me a mint on card Manny faces from the original line. Now this is a reproduction of it, but for me it actually looked like it was a proper vintage figure. Um, it, look, it just looks that good. Um, maybe later on I'll get a photo and put that on. So Mike actually sent a letter to both Alan and myself. Mm. This is the first time that Alan's actually hearing this. You informed me of the letter, but yeah. held it back from me finding out what is actually yeah. in it. So it says, To Chris and Alan, first off, Merry Christmas to you both. I want you to know that it has been both an honour and a privilege to become even a small part of the Operation Retroshock slash Master of the Universe Chronicles family. I'm glad to have gotten to know you both a bit over the past year. I work from 3.30am to noon, six days a week. I spend three to four hours of my day listening to my iPod before the store opens and look forward to your shows the most. It doesn't come natural for people to be both knowledgeable and entertaining and you gentlemen are both and both are in uh, capital letters. You spend countless hours of your own time to provide those of us in internet land with entertainment. You do it because you love it and that truly comes across in everything that you do. Your friend Mike. Oh, Mike you'll make me blush. <laughs> yeah so major kudos to Mr Lacey for that. Um... Yeah, so this with this being Christmas, obviously, last year on Chronicles we had um, people revisiting their childhood, you know, toys that they got and things like that. We're going to explore something very similar to that on the podcast now. Um, Alan's got a couple of emails, uh, one of them being from Mr. Lacey. Um, so if you want to read that, and then we'll carry on with the rest of the ones that we've well, actually, got. Actually, the first one I have in front of me actually is from uh, Joe Wynn, also known as Lex Hunter, on Twitter. Um, so yes, I shall shoot ahead here with Joe's. 
Um, and you'll like this one, Chris. Uh, my favourite retro Christmas moment was when I got Snake Mountain. Yeah. We didn't have a lot of money, and being a huge Motu fan, like I was, I wanted Snake Mountain badly. I circled it in all the Christmas catalogues <laughs> and talked about it non-stop. Christmas came, and after opening all my presents, there was no Snake Mountain. Oh dear. Oh dear. Later in the day, after our, <laughs> later in the day after our traditional Christmas dinner, I was playing with my new figures, which I was happy to have gotten, and my parents pulled out this huge present and said, Oh, look what we forgot one. It was Snake Mountain, obviously, and I remember being so excited, it makes me tear up a little thinking about it. Oh, Ach, bless. My parents didn't like Snake Mountain because of the noise that it made, because you had the microphone that you went into, and it was like, Enter the Predators, and it like, distorted your video. <laughs> uh, in fact, we'll get the Snake Mountain um, commercial, and we'll put it in the break, um, so people are familiar with it. Uh, do you want me to read the next one? Sure, absolutely, go ahead. Uh, this one is from Chris Carboni. Um, he is better known as uh, RetroCore. I can't remember the initials, but if you go to Operation RetroShock, it'll be there. Um, we'll make sure that he's mentioned. Everyone's Twitter handle. I think will it's. Be I think it's RetroCore. RetroCore video game music. So they. Yeah, it's like RC GM or something. Yep. I'm guessing it was 1990. It was a cold, snowy f- uh, morning in Fort Wayne, Indiana. I was about eight. I unwrapped present after present, which mostly consisted of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle action figures nice. and other miscellaneous kid toys. By the way, we've interviewed Michelangelo. You may want to hear that. I noticed a couple of presents behind the tree that hadn't been handed out yet. And then my oldest brother, he got the um, help Santa on Christmas mornings, uh, handed my brother and I a pretty big package. We both looked at one another because we were pretty sure we knew what it was. We tore open the package to reveal a Sega Genesis. I'm pretty sure our reaction was on par with the Nintendo 64 kid. Um, which obviously you've seen that and the kid yes. just screaming and going, Oh God, Nintendo 64! It came bundled with the first Sonic the Hedgehog. I remember hooking it up and shoving in that cartridge as fast as I could. My man was blown so fast and so colourful compared to the NES that I was used to. I even remember saying, graphics can never get any better. We won't see any we won't need anything else ever again. From that day on I became a Sonic the Hedgehog nut. I learned to draw them, obsessed over the games, and even got comic books when they came out. My greatest Christmas memory ever. Um, which ties us nicely into that we're actually going to be doing a giveaway. Alan isn't aware of this. Um, with um, Chris and the Retro Core gang. Um, it's actually going to be a um, Sonic the Hedgehog. It's actually going to be a Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, I think it's a 10th anniversary thing uh, for the Dreamcast mm. um, I'm not sure the specifics of it I have it in my cupboard there um, but with Chris being such a Sonic the Hedgehog fan yeah. uh, I thought it might be an idea to give that away if we can uh, acquire one from work we will then do maybe a runner up price of the Sonic the Hedgehog hat yes um, which, which are actually quite awesome yeah which are quite awesome indeed and I'll post a photo at some stage of me wearing one like an idiot thank you very much uh, you said that, not me. So yeah, yeah so. no, no, I'll, I'll admit that I looked like an idiot because I wasn't wearing it 100 percent right. Plus, the chin strap didn't fit me because I have too big a head. head. <laughs> anyway, moving on to Mr. Mike Lacey's email. The Christmas memory that I recall most fondly, many moons ago when I was just a wee lad, is the Christmas of 1986. Yes, Alan, insert old fart joke here. You old fart. 
<laughs> Sorry, only joking, Mike. Only harmless fun. Mike, uh, uh, <laughs> don't send him that Christmas present. You do that there. Or even, in fact, just fart in a box and send that to him. <laughs> Delightful. Uh, after we opened gifts at home from Santa, Mum and Dad, the family would travel to my grandparents' house for dinner and receive their gifts. This is the year that my grandparents gave me my NES. The bundle that included not only the console, but the laser gun, Robbie the Robot, and three games. Super Mario Bros., Duck Hunt, and Gyromount. I was bummed that morning that Santa hadn't brought me my NES, so I was completely out of my mind when I opened it. Then my grandmom told me that there was a complete... What was it? Sorry. That there was one more present that Santa had left at her house for me, so this would have been extra exciting in my opinion. <laughs> uh, she brought out this giant gift. It turned out to be Voltron. Uh, the complete set of all five lines in one big box. I thought to my eight-year-old self that my life was complete. I had gotten everything that I had wanted for Christmas, and it is one thing that I try to model my kids' Christmases after. Man, are they spoiled. Well, yeah, since Mike buys like 10 million subs for Master of the Universe uh, classics... Um, we would agree with said statement. Yeah, so, you know, Alan says that if you ever want to just send him the figures that you don't want, that's fine. He wants to start collecting. He already has Skeletor. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, put it, put it on me. Put yeah. it on me. Yeah, it's just if you want Snipes Bite, you know, like Hose Nose, um, you can do that. <laughs> Maybe the heroic water blast, hey. Yeah, and there he is up there. Yep. Yeah, you don't make no noise, though. No. Uh, he doesn't squat water, but it is trunk pens. Um, so, yeah. so, what would be your Christmas memory? Or do we have any others to, to read out? Um, well, that's kind of the, they were kind of the best ones. If we do happen to get any ones that really stand out here during the recording, because... We kind of did leave this to last minute because, again, like we explained at the start of the show, that things have kind of been rushing about in madness because it's Christmas time with work and stuff. So we only really posted asking for people's emails a day or two ago. But if we get any more amazing ones that come in that are pretty cool, we shall read those out at some point in the show, be it after a break or at the end or something like that. Um, in terms of my memory, um, probably one for me has to be, I think, what age was I... Um, I was probably, I would say, five or six, and um, it was we'd just moved house um, that year, so it was first Christmas in a brand new house, so it was kind of a bit odd, because I'd been used to the previous years being in, you know, you identify with the home you've kind of, you were born to, pretty much, um, and as everybody knows, I was huge into Power Rangers, as well as Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, um, so... Um, I got for that Christmas um, the original Megazord for uh, Power Rangers and again pretty much like everybody kind of says freaked out and was like this is awesome and my dad was like okay you know because typically these things come and they don't have their stickers on them or anything mm. like that you have to put the stickers on them he was like okay let me get the instructions and we'll put the stickers on them and he turned away was rummaging in the box to get the stickers and the instructions turned back about two or three minutes later I had the Megazord assembled. Simply didn't look at instructions. Simply from having watched the show as a kid, I knew how to put the Megazord together. So that's one of my best Christmas memories. What about you? Um, I have a couple. I remember I remember getting my NES um, and playing that. <clears throat> I then remember obviously playing Mario for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, just doing that and you know, like my dad would then I think I got punch out one year. Punch Out's one of your definite favourites. That's where my dad and I would start, you know, playing games together. 
and that would go all the way through probably until the PlayStation One, till Rage Racer would have been his, like the last game he would really sit down and play. Um, I remember getting the Turtles figures whenever I was sick. That was one year I had really really bad bite of the flu, and I I actually lie down on the settee and open my presents with a blanket over me. I remember I had like a turtle bag, and I still remember mm-hmm. opening. I know the coin phrase, but the opening the figures and having that new toy smell, you know, that waft of plastic mm-hmm. that just hits you. And lastly, would be in 92, 93, um, whenever my sister got Super Mario World and just sitting <laughs> in her room, because her room was in there mm-hmm. and the TV was in the corner, and actually just sitting there and playing Mario World um, for like the majority of Christmas Day or Boxing Day. Just things like that, you know. It seems to be everyone's just seemed to focus around the family, which is nice. Yes. You know, yeah. and um, if you listen to last year's Chronicles at Christmas time, you know, like um, Robbie has shared a story about, you know, like um, him and Castle Grayskull and that kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. um, no, it's, um, I don't really remember getting a lot of He Man stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure I probably did, but yeah. the Turtles one is the one that sticks forefront in my mind, and then obviously playing the NES. I remember getting the GameCube because I had one that flicked from American to Japanese. <laughs> this was before I was out over here. Yeah. I'm playing Rogue Squadron for the first time and just getting blown away. Oh, you can't you by beat Rogue Squadron by how good that was. Now, fair enough, that was maybe only like ten odd years ago, but mm. even still, you know, that's that's actually scary to think that the GameCube's over ten years old. Yeah, it's you know, or around it anyway. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Um, but for me, kind of similar thing. You got your NES. I got a SNES with Donkey Kong, which is where basically my love for Donkey Kong came is because yeah. he was effectively my first home console game. Yeah. Because he came bundled with the SNES. Um, funny how computing games are such a big part of it. Eh? It doesn't really surprise. I know me. that after you know, like every year, if you got like a big console like your Super NES, mm-hmm. you got like maybe a game or two because yeah. at that point. You know, fair enough. The games are like forty pounds now, but even then, back then the games were maybe forty or fifty pounds. Mm-hmm, I know because I remember I ca- I found a photo, um, I don't know from how long ago it was, but it was I re- when I had my original PS One, and it was a picture of me having got the first driver game, mm-hmm. and it had forty nine ninety nine on the box, and I was like, what? It's just like I- it's scary. You're just and you're just like. For what the graphics were on PS One, and I know it's all relative in time and all that sort of stuff, but it was just like crazy because we just think we're still paying forty odd quid for games now, and in comparison, the graphics you kind of look back and are like, did we really pay that? Yeah, but uh, there was uh, somebody. I have my Super Mario Three for the NES, mm-hmm. and I bought that in my second job whenever we were taking NES trade-ins mm-hmm. and had us a Virgin Megastore forty nine ninety nine, and I paid two quid for it <laughs> and it's one of the best two quids that I've ever paid I think that's actually one of the scariest things and it even happens today in work when we get we get games I remember getting a, it was probably about a month and a half ago now um, the original Ghost Recon mm-hmm. for Xbox 360 in and it had a forty nine ninety nine sticker in, and it probably trades in for like a pound now. Yeah, it's just like what? some of the prices just like drastically fall. Um, no, but it'd be interesting to see, you know, like after Christmas, let us know, you know, especially like Mike and you know, like anyone with families, you know, did your kids get everything they wanted for Christmas? What were their reactions like? What was their favorite toy? You know, like and that kind of thing. Um, 
Is there anything that you still have? Is there anything you still have, Alan, from back then? You know, like back in the Christmas? Yeah, um, I still do have my original Megazord. I have... Um, I got an original Buzz Lightyear when Toy Story first came out, so I still have him. He's still sitting about the place. Um, what else? I have, again, another Power Rangers thing was... Um, Tommy's sword when he was the white power ranger yeah, the one that, the one that, that did with the lion on it and it made the noises yeah. and all that sort of stuff I still have that sort of thing that's just a couple but I still have obviously my original snares and all that sort of stuff because I'm not going to let that sort of thing go mm. you, know, you won't you kind of can't let go your first console yeah because you're just like that got me into gaming and it's like yes it may it never comes out of its box anymore but you know it's still kind of I'm like I kind of like knowing it's still in my cupboard. Yeah. Just I sitting there. I still would have a couple of original NES games from mm -hmm. back then. A couple of them, you know, like I may have got rid of and then re, re bought. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember I got like Punch Out for the NES, Chip and Dale, and something else um, for like a tenner all, for all three of them. <laughs> um, I still have my Rogue Squadron from then. Um, but unfortunately I don't have any of my Turtles figures mm -hmm. and the likes of my He-Man figures and Thundercats figures unfortunately they were like given away which is oh, no. one of my biggest regrets ever I wish I still had them because I have no idea what what I ha I know I had like Lion-O and stuff yeah. and, and all that kind of caper but I don't know if I had like the Sorceress or King Randor things mm -hmm. like that for Masters and you know, to go up in the attic and see to see them there would have been terrific. But mm -hmm. unfortunately, we cleared out the attic and there was there was nothing there. And I was like, bye bye, Chris's child. And my sister still has her Playmobil house <laughs> that um, whenever Santa obviously delivered it, Dad tried to put it together, and apparently it took him until like two or three in the morning to actually put that house together. <sighs> said it was an absolute pain and now it's obviously in bits and he went I'm not putting that back together again <laughs> kind of just give it to her to put together because obviously she has a daughter mm -hmm. now um, and she she wanted like a dollhouse and that kind of stuff so you know it's weird whenever you think about it because there's like Andrea that's my sister was really big in like Sylvanian families and then I still Sophie, see them on the shelves now and I kind of am like whoa yeah like <laughs> Sophie was making noises about that and you know like mm -hmm. it's kind of weird that you know her mum was in that and then you know that and you know very much like uh, it seems to be the Mike Lacey podcast um, <laughs> you know like he, Mike's obviously big in his masters the universe figures and then his son Buddy would be as well mm -hmm. Um, obviously he got like a rake load of figures same with the birthday. Sawyers though as well oh yeah I mean the, both the Sawyers are you know James Sawyer and then his son Blaze and Keaton which are obviously two of the greatest names ever absolutely um, and two of the greatest kids apart from, you know those two and Buddy as well you know so um, you know they're big in their Master stuff and Blaze knows a heck of a lot about uh, Master Universe stuff which you know sometimes I'll sit down and watch the videos and well I never thought of that but you know it's nice to see that and it was nice um, I think James posted on Facebook a picture of his his birthday which had like all Master Universe like tablecloth mm -hmm. and like figures and then Blaze's birthday like 25 odd years later mm -hmm. which looked the exact same <laughs> which was just tremendous to see but that's cool you know um, everyone wants different things for Christmas and as long as everyone has a nice Christmas that's the main objective you know from Santa Claus Oh, well said, Christopher. Yeah. Well said. I need to go throw up now. <laughs> I know he's not usually this nice. Everybody's no, being all heartfelt today. Christmas spirit. <laughs> Christmas spirit and the Hulk Hogan autograph. 
<laughs> I think it's going to take a little while for this to sink in, everybody. Um, but uh, I think that's enough with the wee Christmas memories for now. Um, we haven't even told you what we're even covering in this episode. Christmas um, memories, that's it. Okay, bye. Merry <laughs> Christmas. We are going to go to the break. We will be coming back, and our first subject matter will be the comedy classic that is Planes, Trains and Automobiles. Now, we know this is kind of set around Thanksgiving, Mm -hmm. but for Alan and I being in the UK, we don't really celebrate Thanksgiving. So for me and and for Alan and maybe a lot of other people, this is kind of, you know, like encapsulates a lot of the holiday spirit, you know, and that kind of thing. And... Um, very much like a lot of people say like Die Hard is a Christmas movie <laughs> which I watched the other day and still is you know um, you never know if we have time we may even cover the likes of a couple of the Doctor Who Christmas specials mm-hmm. or something like that just touch over them very very quickly definitely um, so what else are we doing apart from planes, trains so, and automobiles yep. so after the break planes, trains and automobiles then after that we are going to cover not all of them but the first two because they're the proper ones and this has been actually quite requested, and it was there was nearly semi uproar last year when we actually did not cover them. Um, it is, of course, the first two Home Alone movies with Macaulay Culkin. Kevin, he can't help himself. No. We'll see you after the break, everybody. Bye. You are listening to a podcast on PopCultureNetwork.com. Be sure to head on over to the site at www.popculturenetwork.com to check out more podcasts and videos featuring toys, comic books, video games, and all the things you love. And while you're there, be sure to check out the Pop Culture Network store, where everything you purchase helps to keep us producing. Just head over to popculturenetwork.com and click on store. Hi there, this is Shane River, voice of Scott Tracy here from Thunderbirds. You're listening to Chris and Alan swapping stories and uh, dialogue on Operation Retro Shop. So stay tuned, you never know what you're going to hear. During holiday travel, some people get delirious, some get delayed. And some get Del Griffith. American Light Fixture, Director of Sales, Shower Curtain Ring Division. Neil Page got all three. I was on my way home to spend a nice holiday with my family. Instead, I'm in a motel bed with a stranger. So instead of Thanksgiving with his family, he's spending three days with the turkey. Two happy clams just whistling down the road. Flintstones, meet the Flintstones, they're the Paramount Pictures presents Wilma! Steve Martin. <laughs> You're going the wrong way! What? Are you mad at me? John Candy. Why are you holding my hand? Where's your other hand? Between two pillows. Those are pillows? In a new film by John Hughes. Plane, train, and automobiles. See that bear again last week? Yeah, hello again, hello again. And welcome back from the break, everybody. Alan's got his push voice on. Well, thank you. No. 
Don't make me do Lord Alfred. Go. Nah, no Lord Alfred. He can he can go on to ret- uh, retro shock, <laughs> wrestle shock even. Um, so yes, everybody, we are back from the break. It is time for some planes, trains, and automobiles. This is very much a favorite of Chris's. He seems to be <laughs> very. You have such a liking to these sort of you know Christmassy, snowy sort of you know. You know, good feeling type of movies. Yeah, don't I did you? watch Bad Santa the other day. Just he was very bad off. Santa. Yeah, he, he was saying swears and things. Mm-hmm, yeah. Although Steve Martin in this swears, he does, he does. So yes, everybody, as kind of was hinted before the break, yes, this isn't technically a Christmas movie. It's a bit beforehand. It's Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is not celebrated in the UK, so it's kind of you would say, just adopted over here as a, a Christmas time yeah, movie. I would say so. Yep. So, as this is more your one, I will let you explain the basic premise to the peoples, the lovely peoples. Okay, well, Steve Martin's character, who is Neil Page, is trying to get home for Christmas. He's at a board meeting, and he has to get a plane for, like, 6 o'clock or something like that, and he goes out um, to try and get the plane, and everyone's, you know, there's traffic jam, everyone has the taxis, and there's a guy... He hails a taxi and it comes up and he says that he would pay money for the taxi. Well, how much would you pay? Twenty dollars. Oh, well, if you were going to pay twenty, you would certainly pay thirty. If you were going to pay thirty, you certainly pay fifty. And he ends up giving him seventy-five dollars. And he turns around to get in the taxi, and the taxi's gone. <laughs> he catches up to the taxi and he opens the door. And John Candy's character, who is Del Griffith, if memory serves. Yes, Del yeah. Griffith. Yes. Um, he's sitting in there and. Um, he then you know they, they go their separate ways but throughout the whole film they keep bumping into each other you know there's a scene wherever I think he's running and he falls over Dell's big uh, chest yes yes um, he falls over that um, they obviously go to the airport and they're sitting opposite each other and um, you know and that kind of thing but it's just it's a very good feel good movie you know fair enough those two are travelling and they're lumbered together and they end up sleeping in the same bed and yes, like here his, we go. his hands are apparently between pillows and they aren't pillows and <clears throat> that's not of the bug in a rug yeah and that kind of thing and the best bit is whenever they're uh, John Candy's trying to get his coat off in the car and he can't actually get it off and his coat <laughs> is stuck on like the seat recliner so he actually gets he actually moves the the wheel with his knee and he actually goes on the intersection but he's going the wrong way mm-hmm. so there's a car up higher shouting to them they're going the way, wrong way and we're like they're drunk how do they know where we're going so we're like, yeah thanks and you see two big trucks come towards them and it goes right through them and Steve, you see them both like turning the skeletons and Steve Martin kind of looks around at uh, John Candy's character the devil. and then he turns into the devil and starts laughing and then they come out and you know then later on the car goes on fire and Eventually, he gets home for Chris for Thanksgiving. You see, all set. See, I've got in the Christmas movie. Um, but it turns out that you know his John Candy's character's wife had died, and he doesn't have a home. So uh, Steve Martin's character brings him home for Thanksgiving. And, You're making me sad now. You know, but it's it's a very good film. You know, like mm. it's just um, it's one of those ones that have you know like there is a scene where he's in front of the rental car uh, dealer woman. And just lets out this big tirade to her, and she just sums it up, go like, "Oh well," and then just says, "You're," and then says a swear word. Um, not pleasant, no. Not pleasant, <laughs> but it's certainly it's very funny. And if it's 
if you like the likes of say the great outdoors which is john candy and dan Aykroyd, or oh, what an awesome duo they are if you like the, that kind of film then you'll certainly love this one because by any stretch of imagination it's a very very good film um not suitable for families um but if you and your partner or you you know, your significant other want to sit down and watch like a, a feel good movie. It takes a while to get there, you know, to make it feel good, but uh, it certainly gives you a nice ending. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that's pretty sweet. Like, um, I'm actually pulled up a picture online here, and it's actually someone has physically went to the ordeal of designing a map outline for the actual trip. Because if you kind of just peer around the side of the microphone there, yeah. See there? So yeah. if someone's, you know, this was the intended flight route and all that sort of stuff, and then they went up here and across there and all that <laughs> sort of stuff, which is pretty cool. Um, there's actually a cool piece of trivia I've found as well. Um, Hughes shot 600,000 feet. That's 180,000 metres of film, almost twice the indus- industry's average. There is a rumoured three-hour version of the film that is supposedly in existence, although it is not in order. Hughes later commented that it's a mess of footage that would take months, maybe even years, to transform into an actual film. Um, the footage is in the Paramount Vault. Uh, Hughes, who died in 2009, said... Wasn't Hughes the guy who did Home Alone as well? Yes, I think so. Yeah, so, yeah, so that's, that's quite, a, yeah. quite a... We didn't even plan that, actually. No, um, probably accident. Uh, but most of it is probably deteriorated by now. Well, I mean, these days and the technology and stuff, you know, like you could bring anything up to snuff. You know, mm-hmm. like if something is, you know, really beyond repair, you'll find somebody who can restore that. Heck, look at the likes of this, the Star Wars stuff was like really bad. Yeah. And they had to really polish that up to bring up the DVD. So they would have had to still have those negatives that polished up the DVD and polish up the Blu-ray. Yeah. But you look at some of the films now from, you know, back in the day that... Maybe I haven't got a DVD release, but I've got a Blu-ray release. Yeah, you know, and they're still pretty good. So no, this day and age, anything's anything's pretty anything's po- possible. Computers make everything possible, like because it is. You know, it's not like it's a crazily old movie here. It's uh, it's nineteen eighty seven, but yeah. that's a case of like you say, Star Wars movies on Blu-ray. Some of them are older and all that sort of stuff. Most of the, ori- the all the originals are. Uh, Younger than this. Well, sorry, my mouth's not working. Older, older. Um, Back to the Future is around this time as well. Mm-hmm. It's had a Blu-ray release. Uh, you know, you're getting tons of movies that are coming out in Blu-ray recently. Um, yes, Jurassic Park's a bit younger than this, and it's came out in Blu-ray as well. Yeah. Which, speaking of which, fantastic quality, uh, especially on the Turtle Beaches. Yeah, I went up to Tesco's today, and they were, they were selling for twenty-five. Everywhere they used to be selling for twenty-five quid now. Aye, because Sainsbury's were the market leader and went like this and. Just, sell it for cheaper but yeah I think it would be a, a pretty cool one you know obviously there's certain movies you're just like is there much point to maybe bringing it up to snuff and all that sort of stuff but I think it would be a pretty cool thing to see even if they were to do sort of bonus thing as in here some footage that was shot that has never been seen yeah because you know it's going to be comedic gold with, anyway with, with the these likes, two with the likes of Die Hard I have the American version of Die Hard on DVD and they actually did a thing where you could actually piece together bits of the film. So, mm-hmm. like, the scene with Hans Gruber and Nakatomi, mm-hmm. whenever he says, you know, like, give me security codes, and he goes, like, yeah, you have to kill me. And he says, okay, and shoots him. Mm-hmm. And like to so that, you can do that from different angles. So even to do that kind of thing, mm-hmm. and to put that together, you know, yeah. where you have older footage, and then you just piece that all together, yeah. that would be pretty cool. 
it would be pretty cool because that's the thing at the end <coughs> of the day you know it's a great comedic movie so even if we were able to see you know some extra stuff from it oh Chris has gasped here what is this oh that's awesome man. so to complete that I oh my lord so to complete <laughs> right explain the story explain the story sorry sorry so, we're jumping in here guys but this is actually this is brilliant stuff here so I was on Twitter and uh, I just want to see what I wrote hold on um, hold on I need it for this to refresh <laughs> I can't believe that that is fantastic um, I sent a message on Twitter um, that said um, to a certain someone yeah I where is it what did I write regarding his Christmas present yeah if I could find where the flipper wrote it I was surprised with this Hulk Hogan signature my reaction guess um, thank you Hulk can I get a retweet I got one better and said yo Chris glad you got the pick brother Hulk Hogan so I have got a tweet <laughs> from Hulk Hogan and an autograph from Hulk Hogan this day is phenomenal so hey. yeah, I'm actually just going to take a photo of that um, <laughs> and then yeah. repost it. <laughs> yeah, so there you are. I've got a tweet from Hulk Hogan. <laughs> See, not only do I get you his autograph, so, it leads to getting you a message back from Hulk Hogan. See, it all works out perfectly, everybody. <laughs> so I'm just going to post this on Twitter as well. Can so. we do Suburban Commando instead of Home Alone then, just to make this day com- Hulk Hogan complete? Like? <laughs> If you want to talk about it, we can talk about no, it. No, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Let me see. Give me a wee second here. Right. So, where are we? Bring up my page. There we go. So, back in the real world, <laughs> um, well, I think one thing we could mention is um, it's a retro shock kind of normal thing to do is budgets. Yes, that would be. Um, the budget for this movie was fifteen million dollars. Not a lot of money. Not a lot of money. Um, and it made one hundred and fifty million dollars at the box office. In modern day terms, not a lot of money. But again, in terms of against its budget, is a pretty good return. Yeah. But again, for me, I think this movie it wasn't really measured by what it made at theaters. It's what it's probably made on the likes of it's, DVD it's, and VHS it's kind of the likes so. of, of Ferris Bueller's Day Off yeah. which I think again is another John Hughes film um, and it's a case of you know like it may not have done tremendously at the box office but it would have done even better with the likes of you know it's like a cult favourite you mm-hmm. know and you get a lot of people who are talking about it I mean as soon as I put on Get Glue that I was watching it um Mike actually wrote back and said something that go like those aren't pillows and I love that line um, mm-hmm. you know but obviously my favourite part would be whenever he's in front of the desk clerk and he's saying about that you know yeah. that's, that's that's pretty good as well so um, it's just a case of it's just a very it's a very good film you know like and it's one of those ones that you don't really get you know you, you have like the likes of the hot tub time machine or the hangover and things like that but they're not, they're ha- not even in this movie's league, though. You don't have, like, a buddy movie where no. you see somebody, you know, like, in The Great Outdoors, the two share a cabin, but mm-hmm. they don't really like each other. Yeah. You know, like, and they have to kind of do activities together and that kind of thing, whereas, you know, in this here, they're kind of lumbered together. Mm-hmm. Very much like in Reader's Pit, you know, like, that is a cult um, favourite over here in the UK, mm-hmm. and it's just, 
even the song says you know like um, seven strangers thrown together and they just become really good friends and stuff and know that they would all be there for each other you know so mm-hmm. um, it would have been interesting to see if they would have done a sequel mm-hmm. or something like that mm-hmm. I've actually just found out it has been quietly released on Blu-ray oh has it I think that will have to be tracked down you have email that says this I'll only buy from Zabba National Club. Lottery you've won nothing oh cheers guys oh. there was me hoping that could have just that would have made the day perfect really wouldn't it <coughs> uh, but sadly no uh, it was released at the end of September so it was on oh. Blu-ray um, that was really quiet release because usually that sort of thing wouldn't get past me yeah um, there was a special edition called the Those Aren't Pillows edition uh, <laughs> that was released in 2009 on DVD um well, that's, that's interesting as well. Uh, in 2000, readers of Total Film magazine voted it the 10th greatest comedy film of all time. The film was also a financial success, as I have said. Um, it has a 95% positive rating on Rotten Tomatoes. That's virtually unheard of. Even the best of movies nowadays are probably, what, hitting like an 80, 85% rating mm. on Rotten Tomatoes. Most films nowadays are probably getting like 40s and all that sort of stuff. But that is a pretty good thing. Like you were saying though about potential sequels, obviously it would have been funny if to see if like because Neil had, I think he had a daughter and maybe a kid mm-hmm. and maybe a son. If Dell then had a son and those two, yeah, kind of you know like that same thing happened to them that happened mm-hmm. to their father. Obviously John Candy couldn't appear because sadly he's passed yeah, away. Yeah, that's why. But saying. you could have jo- uh, Steve Martin appear and go mm-hmm. like you know like he comes home and it goes like. Dad, he goes like, "What? I ran this person called such and such Griffith. What? Yeah, and it'd be like, you know, that happened to me and that kind of thing. You know, where you know you have like the sliding doors effect, yeah. where if they both went a different way, they wouldn't have met each other. Whereas, yeah, they exactly. Do, you know, so no, because that's that is the sad thing out of this is the fact that John Candy died in nineteen ninety four. You know, so six years or so. Well, sorry, six seven years after this. Um. Again, he's he was in one of my other favourite movies, which was Cool Runnings, mm-hmm. which was the whole story about the Jamaican bobsled team and all. And he was fantastic in that. You kind of you kind of wonder what things he could have got up to, you know, throughout the nineties. What movies he could have got involved in, you know, what sort of comedic movies, you know, could have he been in another movie with Dan Aykroyd or something after this or whatever. Yeah, you know, it just really depends because obviously he's starred in tons with Dan Aykroyd because he was. Um, Obviously, there was Blues Brothers. Yeah. There was also... Um, was it, it 1941 is the movie? It's the one, basically, it has a whole ton of them, because it has Dan Aykroyd, has John Candy, it has Belushi in it, and all it's based around the Second World War. Was he... And Belushi's the drunken, you know, like, uh, Mustang pilot. Was he, he in Animal House as well? I think, yeah. So he was, he was part of that kind of say he's group. in the Great Outdoors. I'm trying to think. There has been other movies that he's been in that I just can't think of at the minute. Well, let's see here. I've got a wee list. Let's see what we've got. And da, 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 da. Oh, he was in Home Alone? He was, yes. Sorry, you're correct. He was in Home Alone as well. And again, like you say, another huge movie. Yeah. Because um, he was... The, they were playing the instruments on the, the, mm-hmm. like the van trying to get your woman home. Yeah, I was right. It was 1941, 1941... It's him, Dan Aykroyd, Belushi and all, and um, it's a case of uh, Belushi's a drunken uh, you know, pilot and all that sort of stuff, and it's Dan Aykroyd and Candy and all in like a tank, and I think Belushi gets like 
knocked out or something like that, and they're crazy, and they end up driving the tank off and end of a pier. It's you know, it is comedic gold. Um, Blues Brothers, National Lampoon's Vacation, uh, Brewster's Millions. Oh, I forgot about that. Spaceballs, obviously, oh, God, obviously. I as well, you can't yeah. forget Spaceballs. Um, this is the you've got, like you say, Home Alone in 1990, this in Planes Trains 1987. Um, what else have we got? Uh, he was actually in the. I didn't know that he provided his voice in the Rescuers Down Under. Um, which was actually that was Rescuers was one of my favourite movies when I was a kid. Um, then, like we say, he did Cool Runnings in 1993. Well, Brewster's Millions would probably be apart from this, this uh, Great Outdoors and, and uh, Brewster's Millions would probably be my three top favourite um, John Candy films. Mm, definitely. So yeah, that, <coughs> that is uh, that is planes, trains, and automobiles. Um, Hopefully we won't have to do anything like that this uh, this holiday season um, because, to be quite honest, we don't have such a great distance to cover as America. Um, you could... What would be a um, walk in the park for Americans driving? Yeah, for You could get from one side of Northern Ireland to the other in a little over probably an hour and a half, which would be like a nip to the shops for you guys in America. Um, a normal drive to you guys is probably three, maybe four hours. For us, that would be like, what... Yeah, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's planes, trains, automobiles. We shall go to the break. Let Chris recover from getting a tweet from Hulk Hogan, and then oh, speaking of which, uh, Velvet Sky's favorite uh, retro game is a boy in his blob. There you go, breaking news again, everybody. We'll see you after the break for a Home Alone, brother. Hello, this is James Etook. If you like eighties cartoons, and let's face it, how could you not? then be sure to pick up a copy of Serial Geek magazine, the glossy 100-page ad-free magazine dedicated to GoBots. And somewhat more importantly, He-Man, She-Ra, Thundercats, Transformers, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, G.I. Joe, etc. Head on over to www.serialgeek.com. That's cereal as in breakfast cereal. Go there now and pick up the animation magazine dedicated to 80s cartoons. Go now. What's up, folks? You are listening to Operation Retro Shock with crazy cool Chris Vent and awfully awesome Alan Price. If one of your favorite retro memories happens to be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, then by all means, check out Radical Retro Turtle Toy Talk on PopCultureNetwork.com. Every week we get reacquainted with old friends from the original Playmates TMNT toy line. Fab Four fans, new and old, won't be sorry for checking it out. That's Radical Retro Turtle Toy Talk, and you can only find it on PopCultureNetwork.com. Turtle Power! Whoa! Cowabunga, dudes! Michelangelo here from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Just kicking it in the old turtle lair here with my buds, my pizza, and listening to Operation Retro Shock. Whoa, just like you! Retro Shock Turtle Power! Where are you going? We're gonna miss the plane! When the McAllister family left on their Christmas vacation. Did we miss the plane? No, you just made it. Yeah! They forgot one small thing. Have yourself. I've had a terrible feeling. Did you lock up? Yeah. Do we set the timers on the lights? Mm hmm. What else could we be forgetting? 
my troubles will be out. Kevin! Ah! Home Alone. Police in the northern suburbs are on the lookout for a pair of burglars who are calling themselves the Wet Bandits. We know that you're in there. It's Santa Claus and his elf. Get off my property. This is my house. I have to defend it. Where's your mother? My mom's in the car. Where's your father? He's at work. What about your brothers and sisters? I'm an only child. Where do you live? I can't tell you that. Why not? Because you're a stranger. He's a kid. I mean, what can a kid do to us? Kids are stupid. I know I was. You still are, Mark. This is it. Ah! I don't care if I have to get out on your runway and hitchhike. I am going to get home to my son. Why'd you dress like a chicken? Gus Polinski, Polka King of the Midwest. If you have to get to Chicago, we'll gladly drive you. Hey, guys. Yesterday, he was just a kid. But tonight, he's a home security system. You guys give up, or you're thirsty for more? From John Hughes. You know, I got a feeling this is going to be your best Christmas ever. A family comedy without the family. Home alone. Are you here all alone? I'm eight years old. You think I'd be here alone? I don't think so. Directed by Chris Columbus, coming November 16th. Oh, welcome back from the break. Yeah, uh, thankfully we're not home alone. Um, we actually have uh, company. So, yeah, we're not home alone. So Yay! We're not home alone too, either. Lost in New York. We're not lost in New York. We're in Bangor, Northern Ireland. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> wow, it's a great place to be. Yep. So lovely. <laughs> Chris sounds so enthusiastic about that, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, Bangor, Northern Ireland. Friggin' Bangor. I never swore there. That's how, <laughs> that's how great it is. <laughs> Flop on brilliant. Chris loves it so, so he does. That's what it says in a postcard I have, just me with two thumbs up and no smile on my face going, Flop on brilliant. <laughs> it's brilliant, so it is. Here's a crack. Kevin! <laughs> no, we're not doing a Northern Ireland version of Home Alone. Kevin, please. why Home Alone? Social services will take you away, wee fella. Oh dear. <laughs> okay, everybody. That's breaking and entering. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> if my mouse on my computer would decide to work. No. Directed by Chris Columbus. No, I thought you were going to say me. Produced by, surprisingly enough, the man we had just mentioned in our previous segment. John, John Candy? John Hughes. Uh, Another John. Only this John has the... Uh, sorry. Only this John's surname's different and all that. All right. Okay. So, everybody. We don't really need to tell you what Home Alone's about, but we'll tell you anyway. <laughs> it's obvious enough. It's a case of, as Chris always goes... Kevin. I'll Kevin! Okay, fair enough. Kevin! Now, McAllister's <laughs> are going on holiday for Christmas. They're going to Paris. Gay party and all that. Paris, stuff. France. Francais. Je suis désolé. <laughs> but, si. they're all getting ready. They're gathering up. Kevin's not in the best moods because he's a little moody. Oh, oh, sorry, I had to hold myself back. Because he had to sleep with Fuller and Fuller drinks coke and wet bed. Yes, that is the case. 
he was not a happy bunny. Um, he fell out with his mummy and his daddy. Um, he stormed up, and then he's just all miserable, and then they get to the airport, and this is where everything starts to go a bit wrong. Because... Is it in the air? No, it's in the airplane. Airplane. You're thinking of the second one. Yes. The sorry, airport. Yes. Pass out to Kevin. Pass out to Kevin. Yeah, Kevin's yeah, not yeah. here. Ke- <laughs> Kevin. And then she flints. Oh, and it's like, oh no, he's been left. We've left him. Yep. Oh, joy to the world. Um, and this would probably be any Earl's kind of dream. Really, would be being left alone. Especially in a big house like that. Yes, that is true. Um, it would be a pretty awesome house to just have to yourself over Christmas time. Um. So, they've all went off. He's got left behind. What do you do with the house on your own? You eat lots of ice cream and you watch, like, really bad movies. Yes, this is true. So, you obviously know here, ladies and gents, that the police department's going to get involved. Everybody's going to be starting to panic. Um, the, the old man... you remember the old man? Yeah, uh, he he saw snow snow shoveler. Mhm. Yeah. Um. He was rumored to have murdered people and all yeah. that sort of stuff. It was just like ooh, scary that's stuff. A, that's a buzz head. <laughs> um. But it's a case of uh, what do we call? What are the what are the name of the two guys? I'm trying to remember their names. The Wet Bandits. Yes. What? Yeah. It's Does Harry. They... It's Harry and. Marv. Marv, yes. Harry yeah. and Marv. Um, they are obviously going to chance their arm here. Yeah. Because... He's dressed as a police yeah. officer and he does, like, security checks and mm-hmm. everything. And that's whenever the big pizza order arrives and it's like $148. Lovely. Yeah. Um, but this kind of leads to the iconicness of this movie and this is the fact of the various traps and contraptions and all that sort of stuff that Kevin comes up with. He also watched the A-Team. Yes, he must have watched the A-Team. Um, some of the things we've got are, as you've actually mentioned before... Micro-machines? Yes. was the micro-machines. The baubles. <laughs> um... We're gonna. We'll probably try and put the audio in somewhere if at all, because but it'll probably just sound like crash bang wall. Yeah, what a video. Exactly. Um, but of course, um, eventually Kevin flees up to the second floor of the house and all that sort of stuff, and he rings the police. Um, he flees to. Um, doesn't he flee somewhere else? He flees he, to someone's. He uh, goes there and. No, they catch they catch him because he's fleeing mm-hmm. to the tree house. Yeah, that's right. And he cuts the rope, and then they like pin him on the wall, uh, and that's whenever your man with the shovel comes in because he's just met him at the church. Yes. Um. Prior to that, mm-hmm. and says you know like he wants to re- meet his son again, and then whenever all's okay, he looks out the window and he sees that he's with his son. He hugs and mm-hmm. kind of sees Kevin and waves. Um. I think you're maybe thinking again of the second one because that's whenever they rob the toy store. And oh, yeah, yeah. And then he we'll flees there, yeah. to their aunt, his aunt's and uncle's house, mm-hmm. but it's like getting fumigated or something. Yes. Um. So, yeah, he doesn't really flee anywhere. Obviously, he goes to, like, the shop, and because your man comes in, he thinks he's there to kill him, and he runs out, and he hasn't paid for a toothbrush or some nonsense. You must pay for your toothbrush. 
You know, you're wanting to have sparkly, clean teeth. You know, you have to pay and for it. Like. as well. Don't yes, forget. you can't just go and just use the toothbrush because that'll just that'll just not work at all. But um, obviously, this is kind of this is iconic for Macaulay Culkin. This is what he's kind of always remembered for. Yeah, like, apart from being friends with Michael Jackson, you don't really remember him for anything else uh-huh. apart from these movies. Yeah, obviously, his brother had made. Um, movies, Kieran Culkin. Yeah, because he's actually he's been involved, and in, you know he was involved in that Scott Pilgrim versus yeah. the World and all there not too long ago. Because I, I, I remember, I remember being Darko or something. Because mm, I remember being surprised when I saw his brother in uh, Scott Pilgrim. Uh, it doesn't work like that. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, you know, it's sort of the typical sort of. It would be your typical. It doesn't have much plot sense to it. It's sort of kid gets separated from family. Kid thinks this is the bee's knees. Family takes a while to get so, home. Yeah, kids gets in and, trouble. Kids and realises that he needs his parents there. Appreciates his family. Yeah. You know, everything eventually gets sorted out. Family Bob comes says, back. Kevin, what have you done to my ruins? <gasps> mm-hmm. So it's a case of... And then obviously there's that iconic moment where he splashes on the aftershave and yeah. the hands are on the cheeks and then you just see him <gasps> Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah, um, what's, I just I find some of the craziest names from America. Like, um, just Buzz, I think, is hilarious because obviously you've got Buzz Lightyear who's based off of Buzz Aldrin. Yeah. It's like it all stems from the one man. You've got Iman Fuller yeah. as well, which is an odd name and I can't really remember. You know what the French call Lady Compétant? <laughs> and I go, what? Exactly. Exactly. So, we'll jump from number one to number two. And again, Mr. Macaulay Culkin gets himself in more blooming trouble. Oh, because he was getting batteries. Exactly. So, we proceed, and back to what I had initially forgot was the case of, at this point, this is where they get separated in the airport. Yeah. Um, the family are going to Florida, is this correct? Is it Florida they're going to? Uh, I think so. Possibly. Um, and then Kevin gets lost, sees someone who's wearing a very similar coat to his dad's, yeah. follows him, it turns out the flight is in fact in New York. Kevin does not know this um, because he runs. Doesn't he run? He runs into the air stewardess girl yeah, at the gate, and, and all the tickets drop. And she says, yeah. "Okay, you know, is yeah, someone he on like, there?" Board him, make him, make him find his family first and board him. So he goes on. There's my dad. Right, find a seat. Happy Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you too? And sits down. Kind of looks around. Say, looks and thinks, "I can't see anyone." Ah, oh, well, and then just carries on. Yep. And again, this is kind of a case of as a young kid. You'd be like, you'd first of all, you'd be like, oh dear, wrong plane. But you're like, okay, I'm going to New York, and he arrives in New York and decides to have a little fun because obviously he checks into the Plaza Hotel. Yeah, because he has like a recording mm-hmm. from the TV that night prior, and then obviously that's whenever we see a very very young um, Rob Schneider. Yeah. Extremely uh, young. Tim Curry without his beard. <sighs> Tim Curry's all. Awesome. It's that moment wherever he he's been well, there's a moment wherever Kevin's in the limo and asks, Do you know any good toy stores? And the limo driver says, Yes, sir. 
and he's doing the credit card check and it comes back saying stolen and Kevin's yeah. watching the Grinch and you see the Grinch smile and it just fades to Tim Curry yeah. with a big smile on his face and it says stolen and you just see him going ah. yeah you know but the best part is whenever he goes in and Kevin has the blow up clown that yeah. his auntie's given for Christmas and he's pulling the strings and he's playing the, the noise from his uncle in the shower to which mm. he turns around and goes like get out of here you nosy little pervert I'm going to slap you silly and you see yeah. him go uh-huh. and then <laughs> later on that's whenever they go back to the room and uh, he plays the the um, the movie again yeah. and it's you know like you've been smooching with everyone you were here last night weren't you yeah and you go like yes and go like you, you've been smooching with a lot of people haven't you like, no yeah don't tell me you haven't and you, you know like uh, little Mo with a gimpy leg Cliff and then there's a guy there called Cliff and you go like no he hasn't it's a lie <laughs> and you go like down your knees and say you love me and then you see him saying I love you and then just the way he crawls out and goes like get back in your room sister emergency and a madman with a gun and you just see everyone kind of looking right as if to go, what's going on here? You know, like not yeah. screaming or panicking mm-hmm. or anything. But the best line in it for me is whenever Buzz has a humiliated Kevin, mm-hmm. which leads to the whole argument, and um, he makes an apology mm-hmm. and it goes over to Kevin and it goes like, beat that, you little trout sniffer. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. And it's just like, that's just the rivalry, The rivalry between family members in the sense of, haha, I just faked that. Yeah, you know, exactly. Go, yeah. go and beat yourself. You know, go and beat that. Um, obviously, our favourite villains from the first movie are back. The Sticky Bandits at this time. Mm, the Sticky Bandits. And just so happens they find Kevin. And obviously what coincidences and obviously we have a um, English woman mm-hmm. uh, Brenda Fricker mm-hmm. who was better known I think as Mags in Casualty of Memory Service uh, yes 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 so uh, you know like oh Kevin and you know like um, he could you know it's a nice wee storyline whenever he goes to like the toy shop and yeah. says was you it know, Duncan's like, toy chest or something or is it Duncan's toy box something like that Duncan's yeah. toy box I think. and then um, donates money and he picks the doves and gives one to her um, you know, after she's helped him with the sticky bandits and stuff, yeah. and um, now he spends like nine hundred and sixty-seven dollars in rooms. Yes, which is the end of the film. But yeah, um, with those films, you know, especially that one where he goes mm-hmm. to Rockefeller Square, yeah. which sticks in my mind because that's obviously where Thirty Rock kind of comes yeah. from. And it's it's kind of weird for me looking back and because I remember watching this movie as a kid <coughs> now, now having now having been to New York and having been to Rockefeller Center and you know seeing it in person and all yeah. and you see the ice rink and all that sort of stuff obviously when I was there it was March time so there was no Christmas tree or anything yeah. anymore but it was still a case of like wow well, I've seen this in movies I'm now here sort of thing and it's the sort of it's that sort of place especially at Christmas time is very iconic yeah because obviously that's the biggest Christmas tree there so he she his mother knows where he will be yeah and um you know like they drive there and then he says like I don't want anything I just want to see my mom even if it's for a few minutes and then mm-hmm. you hear like Kevin go like wow you work pretty fast <laughs> you know but it's just that moment between the two of them which is quite um nice and you know like um get a little choked up no but yes, that was the general premise behind Home Alone 2. 
And as Chris mentioned, the $967 bill. Yeah. And again, it kind of ends the way the first one did in that everybody was happy and then it was blah, 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 blah. Oh dear, yeah. Robin. <laughs> and then obviously the Home Alone series then just tanked. Uh, what did you say the budget was for the, the first four? The first three, sorry. It's the first three... Um, well, sorry, budget for number one uh, was... Where are we? Where's my thing? Budget for number one was 18 million. Budget for number two was 20 million. So 38 million for two movies. That, mm, that gross. He said that one set, one set in the house... So I said it was yeah. expensive micro-machines. Mm-hmm. So it was a case of, right, the first one was 18 million made, mainly based on the house. Yeah. Number two only cost $2 million more, and they w- and it was based in New York. Yeah. You know, which you would have thought would have been quite more and they expensive. Had more, uh, obviously they hired more actors, because mm-hmm. you had the likes of the Tim Currys, the Rob Schneiders, the yep. woman who I think goes on to be in Heroes... Mm-hmm. Um, and plays Peter and Nathan's mother, mm-hmm. whose name escapes me. But um, but it's a case of the first one, uh, eighteen million to make, made four hundred seventy-six million dollars. So a tidy wee profit there. Um, and the second one was twenty million and made three hundred fifty-eight thousand dollars. So again, a pretty nice tidy profit. Um, I think it's kind of fair to say that um, Hughes made uh, whoever he was really making films for pretty good profits based on the flipping three movies we've talked about alone. Yeah. Obviously you don't make a profit on type everything. In, but just type in there um, just while we're here. Type mm-hmm. in Ferris Bueller because I want to see if he did that. It is him. It is I just him. want to see yeah. what the profit was on yeah, that. Yeah, let's see. John Hughes. Right. Scroll down. Ferris Bueller, Ferris Bueller, because he did National Lampoon as well, so that's where he was involved. Um, There's planes, trains. Oh God, he did Dennis and Menace. Where's Ferris Bueller? There he is. There, 1986. Ferris Bueller. Oh, Baby's Day Out. Oh, that was horrible. (laughs) 5.8 million it cost to make, and it made 70 million. (sighs) It's not a lot of money, but in terms again off the budget. Yeah. That's a big comeback. But again, Ferris Bueller was very much like Planes and Trains. It yeah, was a case of it made most of its money on following home release sort of thing. Hello, Mr. Mike Lacey yeah, tweeting us. What you, well, it's like, what you gonna do? What you gonna, gonna do? What you gonna do? Sounds like bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna, gonna do? do? <laughs> um, so yeah, he, he did Beethoven as well. He did Beethoven as well, Hughes. Miracle yeah. on 34th Street. Yeah, it was a lovely film with uh, Dickie, a- Dickie Attenborough. I didn't know he did 101 Dalmatians. The live action uh-huh. one? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, he did Flubber as well. Wait. Yeah, he gained Flubber. Flubber. Um, but yeah, that's for me. Like, his last movie was... Uh, Strillbit Taylor in 2008. He only did the story he wasn't director in. But hey, not too bad. Um, so yeah, that's the Home Alone's done. I think we'll... Let's see, where am I? Will we take a wee break and come back and then tell everybody else what we're doing? Oh, yeah, can do, yeah. Because obviously it's getting towards the end of the year. Everybody, another year has passed. It won't be long until Retroshock's second anniversary. What the heck? Um, 
But we shall go to a little break here. We shall come back and have a little chit-chat, shall we? Yes, good, fine. Bye. Bye. Hey, guys, I'm Rob Bass from Not Mitten Box, and you're with Chris Vint and Alan Price, and this is Operation Retroshock, only on the Pop Culture Network. Hi, guys. I'm Brock from Pokemon. Remember, I went traveling with Ash and Misty? I'd rather travel back in time with Alan and Chris on Operation Retroshock. <laughs> Maybe they'll be girls. Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome back to this, our final segment of our Christmas special for the year 2011. It's blooming cool! And you never know ladies and gentlemen, based on uh, conspiracy theories, there might this might actually be the last Christmas special for Operation Retroshock if the world's supposedly meant to end. <coughs> I write. See if I, see, if, see if I eat this comes back and bites me in the ass. I will be so annoyed. You'll not know because you'll be dead. I know. <laughs> It's not as if you'll have to make a pub- public... Um, I make a public apology. apology. Public apology from beyond the grave. Oh, dear. If any lone survivors are here, please play this on Operation Retroshock. Here's the login and password. <laughs> Operation Retroshock, the post-Armageddon special. <laughs> Starring Bruce Willis. <laughs> oh, dear. So, yes, everybody, welcome back. Um... Final segment time, no real subject matter or anything like that, just a wee rounding out of the show, few things to mention, etc, etc. Um, I'll start off with, um, I think I'll mention Twitter, okay. Twitter, um, or Twitter for English normal people. Um, we have many, many followers on Twitter, mm-hmm. recent competitions have really blown, blown out the water, so we've, you know, we've done a couple, we did... Just Dance 3, um, we mentioned that on a previous episode of ORS Reviews. Um, we've also given away the Black Eyed Peas experience and uh, what else was it? Uh, Child of Eden. A Splinter Cell t-shirt. And a Splinter Cell t-shirt, yes. Um, we will be running a competition uh, very, very soon. Uh, again, you, if you've listened to our Game Fest episode, uh, we met the fantastic Dave Frakia, who w- was kind enough to give Chris an interview at the time. Um the guys from Radical Games have sent us some promotional items and such, you know, t-shirts, posters for Prototype 2. <coughs> so there'll probably be a competition or two in the near future for some Prototype swag. But yes, more competitions will more than likely be going on Twitter from now on because Twitter's kind of been so popular. Um, Twitter is a lot easier to access and deal with than Facebook is, I find. Yeah. Facebook is kind of dying a death, in my opinion, uh, in terms of being able to contact, you know, get in contact with you guys, the listeners, sort of thing. You know, Twitter, it's, you can send off a quick message there, bang, done, sort yeah. of thing. There's no messing about profiles, making friends or anything like that. You can just send the message and off you go. Because that's how, that's why, that's how I think that competitions on Twitter have been so popular is that anybody and everybody even if they haven't even heard about the show can find out about it simply mm-hmm. by 
getting retweet getting retweeted between friends because you know we have I think it's what is it like seven hundred and something followers at the minute yeah. on Twitter and um, you know we put that tweet out that goes to seven hundred odd people they retweeted their friends it's the sort of Wayne's World and so on and so on yeah. and so on thing so it means more people get the shot at getting the prizes and all that sort of thing and it's not a case of we don't want to follow people but if people are retweeting a lot of stuff it really does clog up our feed yeah so, so if, you know they're retweeting competition tweets and all that sort of yeah, stuff yeah 706 followers we have um, you know it makes it hard to follow people but you know we try and follow who we can you know if you're an interesting person you will be followed we've had there's been actually back and forward conversations on twitter at the minute um there was two <laughs> there's two gentlemen very recently we're going back and forward because we just posted out uh, i can't remember the question we posted out but um it was uh city blue and all that sort of stuff uh him and a guy called john andrews were tweeting back and forward about some of their favorite uh, retro memories uh, like City Blues going on here, Earthworm Jim was brilliant, Streets of Rage, you know, all that sort of stuff was getting involved. Uh, uh, City Blue was also mentioning about uh, his favourite uh, retro cheats, the up, down, left, right, A, plus start in Sonic Level 1 and Mega Drive, all those sort of things. So, you know, get over to at RetroShock316 um, and get involved with the chit chat and it'll probably be the first place you'll hear about competitions and all that sort of stuff not to say we won't be mentioning the competitions or getting them started even on the show first but not being restrained to keeping them on the show means that we can run a competition at any time and there's no you know we can set a specific closing date without it having to be you know a certain episode in the future Um, to do with uh, the RetroCore thing we were talking about earlier on if you want to follow them it's RetroCore underscore RCVGM that's retro RetroCore Video Game Music is what they are yep. CVGM stands for but just wanted to put that out there because um, as Alan says we'll be doing a competition with them probably uh, next year um, it's a bit uh, there's no real point setting up a competition this time of year so we'll probably do one in the first couple of weeks in January mm-hmm. um, do that then um, if you are on Facebook you can obviously uh, go to our Facebook page which is www.facebook.com forward slash Operation Retroshock um, the, if you want to listen to any of our shows um, you can type in Operation Retroshock into iTunes or if you want to um, if you like Count Marzo and you don't like the iTunes feed and like Pop Culture Network then you can just type in www.operationretroshock.com <clears throat> that'll bring up our page with all the episodes that we have done and obviously while you're there you can click on the shop um, and um, you can buy certain stuff there obviously with us fast approaching the new year whether it's new year sales or stuff on certain mm-hmm. lines not 100% sure but you never know so just keep an eye out yep. and just see if there is um, and just make sure that you post in the Operation Retroshock thread if there are certain episodes yep. that you've enjoyed um, we have still the Mario special to do yep. which seems to be the way that uh, another special I think it was the Transformers one just seemed to go by the wayside mm-hmm. so that uh, will n- another, another special we have to mention that um 
unfortunately did not happen was our WrestleShock Survivor Series one. Mm-hmm. That was Chris's first bout of the cold. Yeah. Um. So we do apologize for that. We are going to try and do a sort of year in review of wrestling for this year. Yeah. Um. So we will, you know, we'll cover, you know, our thoughts of some, you know, the major pay per views and, and with that sort January of thing. January fast approaching means that the Royal Rumble will be approaching. So you yep. can bet your bottom dollar that we will probably be covering the Royal Rumble card. Oh, definitely. And Definitely. then, like some of the older Royal Rumbles, past winners, you know, who went on the WrestleMania, um, did the push do them good? Where are they now? That kind of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Did John, you know, Batista deserve to win the Royal Rumble and face Triple H? You know, who mm-hmm. won the Royal Rumble this year? Will it be Dolph Ziggler, um, or will it be Cody Rhodes, or will it be you know Ted DiBiase? Yeah, yeah. Ted DiBiase. Well, yeah. Or will it be someone that is returning on the second of January? We do not know who may it be, um, um, but supposedly it will be the w- end of the world as we know it. Um, so not only, obviously, will we be doing that sort of thing for WrestleShock, um, there will no doubt be in the <coughs> year some more DVDs winging their way from Silver Vision. So we may have competitions based around Silver Vision, probably more reviews, I would say. Um, speaking of reviews, we are going to have um, more ORS reviews soon after this show, so taking into the new year and all that sort of stuff, we'll have a couple of review shows. Um, we're going to mention Assassin's Creed, all them sort of ones, you know, all your big titles. Again, kind of probably a sort of similar end of year review, harking back to our Game Fest special and various other different things. But also, yes, mentioning the Game Fest special, again, our good friend at GameFestStoria on Twitter and um, we've been doing competitions with him as well make Obviously sure to follow him magazine is yep. going to drop soon with uh-huh. articles which, from us in yep. it. which Operation Retroshock is involved in and um, we are going to have a lovely advertisement spread in there as well and I wrote uh, and Chris wrote a lovely wee review as well I actually wrote two articles because um, I was bored one day I one, wrote one for Super Mario Kart on the Super NES and he wanted people to write in their reviews for game or their thoughts about Game Fest. Mm-hmm. Mine wasn't to do with games, well, mine was to do with experience yep. about, you know, like us going over and meeting the likes of Luke and Dylan and that kind of thing and yep. um, what we came away with from the experience. Mm-hmm. Whereas a lot of people will probably be writing about the the games themselves, whether it be yep. Mass Effect three, Mario Kart seven or what have you. Um, but that kind of thing, yeah. Yep, definitely. Um, and to be fair, uh, we will probably be meeting Luke in the new year, which will be good. He will come over to our territory. Um, we were in his realm, so to say, uh, earlier in this year, <coughs> um, being on the uh, English mainland. Um, he will be coming over to good old Northern Ireland in the new year. Um, he will be in for a shock, not in a bad way. Um, but uh, many interesting things will no doubt occur. And who knows, we may do an impromptu recording and get him on here or something like that. Just for some laughs and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, there's many things coming. Um, like I said, I think it's f- I think it's middle of February is going to be our second anniversary. Go on, just think that last February we were at the Doctor Who experience. Yep. Um, we That's have been trying to think of something to try and mark the second anniversary in terms of a trip or anything we did have an idea but it kind of went to the side because just silly Ticketmaster and stuff like that the Red Dwarf thing? Uh, well it was was going to be wrestling but then we had changed our mind to the Red Dwarf thing and unfortunately those tickets got released when we were both in work Um, 
actually had my phone beside me at work and it just the screen just would mm-hmm. not refresh it was worse than Maddie Collectors which as people will know is bad enough so yeah Red Dwarf was going to be a possibility but unfortunately it has gone also which is you know it's to be understood considering it's going to TV for the first time for a proper series in many many years yeah. um but we will come up with something. Game Fest 2012 is going to be an absolute yes, it will happen. Um, but we will th- think of something in between now and then. But um, yeah, we'll leave you to it. More ORS reviews to come, more Wrestle Shocks to come. Everything you know and love, drop us a message on Twitter with what you want to see. We won't bite. You know, don't send us, you know, something like review some sort of crazy. Uh, thing that has been out from like the 1950s because unfortunately we're both too young for that um, but <laughs> yeah leave it with us we'll see what we can do more competitions so yes from me Alan Price Merry Christmas same from my co-host Chris yeah Vint. Merry Christmas Happy New Year um, you may hear us in an ORS reviews before the end of the mm-hmm. year but if not our next full episode will be in 2012 um, whether it'll be things that we expect from 2012 or whether it'll be the Mario special we're not going to say what it's going to be because quite frankly we don't know and we're tired of saying we're going to do this and end up not doing it and you know work and various other things getting in the way so we will just say we will have something for you um, so yes take care have a very good Christmas don't overeat and indulge in chocolate and all that sort of stuff because you're just going to feel sick the next day I thought you said take care and didn't say spike your hair woo 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 no (laughs) never mind we'll catch you later everybody have a good holidays peace out you know it